here we go again. Third message on uh, the war against evil. The war against evil. And we're in 6 and 12. Daniel 10, 13 through 20 talks about this. Ephesians 1 and 3. The, the book of Ephesians is so beautiful to me in Greek. It's just beyond English. That's all I can say. I want to go back and read um, the first few verses of the book of Ephesians. If I can find it someplace here. I'll just grab a Bible off of the rack there. Ephesians 1. I'm going to read this to you from Greek just as it flows. Paulus Apollos, Christu Esu, Dia Thelamatos, Theu, Tois, Hageos, Tois, Usen, in Ephesu. In Ephesu, by the way, is in brackets. That means in Ephesians because this was a circular, this is a general epistle. Later on it became known as the Ephesian letter, but it was not the Ephesian letter to begin with. Kai, Pistos, in Christu Esu, Karisimen, Kai, Ereni, Apu, Theu, Patrosimen, Kai, and here's where it gets really good. This is so beautiful. And this here is part of the spiritual warfare, Brother R. Ele Gatos, Hotheos, Kai, Pater, Tu, Kirio, Himon, Esu, Christu, Ho, Eulogosisias, Himas, En, Passe, Eulogia, Pneumatica, En, Tois, Uparanois, in Christu. Kathos exilato Himas in Ato pros Katabole Cosmu Ene Himes Hagios Kai Amanos Kate Upano Auto in Agape. Porosios, Hemos, N, Weothesion, D, Esos, Cretu, N, Auto, Kata, Tain, Eudokeion, Tu, Thenomatos, Auto. Paul the Apostle, belonging to Jesus Christ by the spiritual activating force of God. The spiritual activating force of God is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem them that are under the curse of the law. For in grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The spiritual activating force of God to the saints. This word here now, brother, art is hagios. What does hagios mean? One's not of this world. The saints are ones not of this world. Hagios. To ones not of this world, to the ones being in Ephesus, and of course that in Ephesus, Ephesians, this could be in Fish Lake Valley. This is a circular letter. It's good for today. And the faithful ones in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from 
God the Father of us and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord of us, Jesus Christ, the one having blessed us in every blessing spiritual in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus just as he picked us out he elected us in him before the foundation of the world brother Art Christina in eternity past before God created even the world you were in his heart and in his mind he elected us in himself through the blood of Jesus Christ before it ever all began, before Satan even rebelled. It was in the, you were in the mind of God. He, he elected us before the foundation of the world, the cosmos. In Genesis 1 and 1, it says, Barashith bara Elohim eth Hashemayim we eth in one of the beginnings he had created God, the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth. In the beginning, in one of the beginnings, that's plural. In one of the beginnings he had created God, the heavens and the earth. The heavens, the word Hashemayim there is something like the word cosmos here. It means the whole universe. In the beginning God created the whole universe and then he took the earth and placed it in exactly the right place. We Ha'aretz. The heavens and then we Ha'aretz and the earth. He created them. And then in Genesis 1 and 2 it says, We Ha'aretz, Hadyatu, Wafuhu, Wehoshakel, Panei Hamayim, Weruah Elohim, Merpecheth, El, Panei Mayim. It said, and spirit and the earth she had become formless and void, and spirit God suffered over the faces of the deep. Suffered over Meripacheth, over the faces of the deep. In us, and when we are created in Christ Jesus, the Lord suffers and nurtures us all the way through our lives. He suffers and nurtures us. Every time we do something as bad, he's he he grieves. And yet he's there for us always that he elected us in him before the foundation of earth to be holy and blameless. Holy. Now we're called saints and so we're supposed to be not of earth. Down in the presence of him in love it says here that he predestined us at the adoption of sons and the adoption of wheels, the placing of sons. He, <clears throat> Brother Art, did you ever work with cattle at all? cattle the cattle up here that are born in these mountains and you see it saw some around you saw where they were you saw the droppings and stuff up there the, the cattle were up there well the cattle go up there in the mountains and they have their babies and then you go gather this cattle up and then you you mark them and it's got a mama here so you mark it well the mama's got a a, a clip on the end of her ear so you cut the baby's ear off on the end of it you, you mark his you ear what they call ear marking him on the other side, it may have a swallow mark. It'll have a, maybe have a piece out of that. And so he's marked to that. And it says God here in, in the eternity past, he branded us and earmarked us to be his children. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And in love, he did it. Before we ever had anything to do with it. 
the placing of sons through Jesus Christ unto himself according to his own good pleasure of the spirit of the thelamatos. The thelamatos, that means spiritual activating force. God is love. Is that what the Bible says? But God is also over here in the white throne judgment. He's not going to be the God of love to them. He's going to be the God of judgment. So let's get down here and look at some more of this. We're talking about evil in the warfare is not against flesh and blood so much, but against the spiritual forces behind flesh and blood. Now just remember at this time, we're talking about a world that's in a, an upheaval. Let's go back and look at the wrestling now, the palais. The palais. I used to know a man by the name of uh, Steve Paulet. Paulet, his name came from the word wrestling. Wrestling of a contestant won three events before the wrestling match was to take place. He would win the Olympic game without having to go into the same, into the sand or the wrestling pit. He won within sand. Quite an honor. Ephesians 6, Paul A., the wrestling in close quarters with the devil and his powers. Two contestants would have to compete hand in hand, three out of five falls. No weight categories, 100 pounds against a 250 pound. Just think about yourself now. I used to weigh, I was six foot two, I weighed 240 pounds. I'm down here to a midget now, and I weigh about 180 pounds. <laughs> and I'm fat at 180, and back then I was iron. You remember that, Brother Art. You remember when, when I was tall. Vincent one time looked up at me, and he said, uh, looked at me, and he said, Brother Jim, he said, did you shrink? I said, a whole lot since then. A 100-pounder against a 250-pounder. 100-pounder against a 250-pounder. Now, you know what that means? That means that we are 100-pound weaklings, 90-pound weaklings, and Satan is a 250-pound rat, rascal. But we got to wrestle him. And the only way that we can overcome him is, is in Christ. We can't do it in our own power. 250-pound sets Waste lock was to have a man at your mercy. Mesonectane. This was a, the only event where one opponent might accidentally be killed. Pancreation, all holds. Pancreation, that's one of the words in here, all holds. There was a no holds barred match outside of the only Olympics. Strangling, kicking, hitting, breaking bones, etc. During the Olympics, there were a specific rules for wrestling. Now, you know, I used to like, like Marky Marciano, Cassius Clay, all of these great boxers. It was boxing. It was something. George Foreman was fantastic, powerful man. Frazier, Joe Frazier. You saw these different ones. They were just tremendous boxers. 
But now they go out there with hardly any gloves on, just like a glove almost, and kicking and biting and strangling and everything. To me, that is not a sport at all. That's animalism, animalistic. Rules for wrestling. All the falls outside of the ring were not counted between rounds. The contestants used a stradule or scrapes to scrape off the sand from themselves. Satan is held on a chain when he competes against us. He is the 250-pound guy with the 90-pound weaklings. God keeps him in check. He can use certain holes and them only. No pancreation for Satan. So, we are in a wrestling match, mainly with Satan. Some of it is our own flesh that, you know, that's the fifth column in us. <laughs> that's, the, that's the enemy within. Ponerios en tois uparanois. Spiritual evil in heavenly places. In Job, the first chapter, it talks about Job, a great man of God back in the old times of old. And then we see that the sons of God came in before the angels came in before the Lord, and Satan came also. What's Satan doing today? He's accusing us before God. And Jesus is defending us. He's our lawyer. Now, in verse number 13... Never, under, never underestimate the power of the devil, okay? Never underestimate the power of Satan. Never underestimate your enemy. Always prepare as if calamity is coming. Prepare with a little paranormy, what we call paranoia. Expect the worst, but keep your armor. Keep your armor always. Dia tuto, ana labete, tain, panoplion, tu theu hina, dinethete, ante stene, in te hemera, te ponera, kai apanta, kata ergo sosmanoe, stene. Because of this, dia tuto, because of this, you take up. Ana lambete. Lambano means to carry or take. Ana in the front of that means to take it up. Take up the panoplion. Remember? The panoplion. You couldn't, that was, means no holes bared, panoplion. But it also means here the complete armor. Be ready for a no holes barred contest. Take your best. Take your biggest gun. Take the biggest gun. We got up to the uh, place up there, Brother Art, yesterday. We got up there and it says, Be prepared. This place is wild. Know the risk. Brother Art looked at me and he said, Do you have a gun? <laughs> I said, Yeah, we got a gun. Because it's a, it's a wild place. Where we are today in spiritual warfare is a wild place. 
We realize, now we go up there, we're going to go back in the country in there where there's wolves, there's bears, there's, there's lions, whatever. We may run into anything. And they may be hungry. Satan is always hungry for us. What makes it hard? We can see the animal, but we can't see them. Yeah. We can see the animal coming. I, uh, <clears throat> I've walk, walked in the woods most of the time at night time. I hunted at night. I took the dogs out. And we chased uh, bears and lions and bobcats and raccoons and, and uh, all kinds of foxes, whatever. There's a fox out there on the board, you know. Nailed to that board. That's a gray fox. Anyway, uh, I would go out there in the middle of the night, walking through the night. A lot of times, if it was a, a real big moon, I didn't even take a flashlight. Or I had a flashlight, but I didn't use it. I just walked. And I was expecting anything. I used to carry my 22. You saw my big gang gun, that little 22 K model Smith and Wesson, six shooter. That was my big game gun. <coughs> It was good for everything. I went over to the coast one time with Dieter Bergstrasser. You remember Dieter. And uh, we were going to kill some wild hogs. And they were out there in this pasture running around. And uh, they couldn't get out real easy. So we had like 60 acres or something that were running around out there on. Well, he said, well, I need to go get a gun. I said, I got one. I got my pistol, you know. So, okay, I went out there and I shot a 350-pound wild boar, fell down. I shot a 500-pound, fell over. This was a 22, you know. Then I shot this sow. She was 250 pounds, and she squealed when I shot her and, and swirled around and charged me, and I shot her again and killed her. Then I had a stabbing knife, and I stabbed them down into their heart, through their throat, one, two, and then the wild boar was back up after me. And I took that gun. I had two bullets left in it. And I was out there with all these vicious animals that had teeth sticking out like this, like razors. You got wild boars over there in the Philippines? Yeah. Anyway, this wild boar, he had hair like a porcupine, black. He come at me snapping. And, it's, and every time he pop his teeth, smell like it sound like a... 22 shell going off. Well, I shot him and he fell over. And he got right back up. I shot him and he fell over. He got right back up. So I, he was coming after me. I jumped the fence and I go out on the outside of the fence and he's walking there just growling at me and everything and I put six bullets back in that thing and I jumped over the fence. Dieter says, you crazy Indian? He said, that thing's going to cut you to pieces. Let me go get a 30-06 or a 30-30 or something. I said, forget it. I said, I got it. Everything's okay. Because I've killed bears and lions and all kinds of stuff with this situation. Well, anyway, I got back in and I shot him six more times. And every time he fell down. But he got back up. Got back up. He run me out of there again. I went out and loaded up with six more. Then I went back in there with that knife. And this time I was going to put that hog down. Shot him six more times and he hit the ground and stayed there. I got up on him, put my right foot on his head and left foot on the body, and I stabbed him down through his throat, and he threw me up. The bottom of my feet were six or eight feet off the ground, and I hit the ground running. And he was right behind me, but he bled out in about 20 yards or something. Well, I had him, but boy, it was a little dangerous. 
Now, I weighed about 240 back then. I was six foot two probably at that time, something like that. But I moved around pretty fast. Now, as I get older, I got smaller. I don't shoot as straight as I did from the mercury and arsenic and the and the propane poisoning and all these other things shaking me. I still can hit the target, can I, Maryland? When it's necessary. But you know something? We have to rely. The weaker we are, the more we have to rely on God. I could rely on myself back then. I had confidence. You go out there and you're running backwards and a bear swapping at you and it sounds like Babe Ruth going woof, woof, woof. And you pop one in the head and like that until he falls down. That's when you're young. When you get older, you have to get a bigger gun. We have a big gun. And that's God. I don't have to be moving like lightning anymore. I don't have to be able to jump from one horse to the other or whatever else I need to do. Remember Marilyn when we first got married? Remember you saw me jumping from rock to rock on Kern River just bouncing like a deer walking out through there just bounce, 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 bounce. You remember that when I took you down there to, to the... Uh, I remember that. You remember that, yeah. Yeah. Remember when the car went like that and almost turned over and dropped 1,000 feet down or 2,000 yeah. feet and stuff like that? We were down there at, on that the Kern River. That wasn't fun. Huh? That wasn't fun. <laughs> anyway, I was down there bouncing around like I did when I was chasing bear and lions and everything else. You know, you talked about that little that little pistol I had. Tagged the last line in the state of California. It was tagged the last before the moratorium. And people said, I know why I'm going to shoot a lion with a 22 pistol. I said, why not? The lion's in the tree. The dog chase him up the tree. You shoot him in the lungs and just walk off and leave him alone. He's going to bleed out and die and fall out of that tree. You sure don't want to knock him out of that tree with a 38 special or a 357 Magnum and he goes out there and fights you and the dogs. You shoot him with that little gun and walk off. We're little bitty people today compared to... We're the little bitty... 90-pound weaklings compared to the giant, Goliath. I'm going to tell you something. Goliath was a Nephilim. The Goliath was a supernatural being. He had four brothers that were very powerful, and they had Gog, and they had a bunch of other giants in the Bible at that time, and they were all Nephilim. They were a supernatural power. But David went out there with five rocks, he picked up five rocks to go whip Goliath, and he was going to whip Goliath with one rock. And the other brothers, for the other four brothers, he's going to kill each and every one of them with that stone. But he had the power of God behind him. In that battle, when David went out there, he had all of what we might call, he had the advantage. But God was in that pouch. God was in that sling. You know, when they went and fought them later on, they all ran that day after David killed Goliath and cut his head off with his own sword. They all ran, but they came back after David. They had to rescue David and everything against one of those giants, one of his brothers. They were powerful. It took an army to kill one of them. You know, it kind of reminds me of the story of me and my wife studying you know, Joshua and Caleb, 85 year old. They went out and they fought 33 kingdoms. Yeah. And they won every one well, of them. Caleb said, give me that mountain where those giants are. 
He was 85 years old. He said, give me that mountain where those giants are. I'll take that mountain. He said, give me that mountain where the giants are. That He had confidence. You know what confidence he had? Because he knew God was with him. And only Joshua and Caleb got to go into that promised land because they believed, they trusted in God all the time. They went in there and they saw these giants like Goliath, the, the, actually the ancestors of Goliath. And they looked at them there and they said, we're like grasshoppers in their sights. Let's get out of here. Caleb said, give me that mountain. Give me that mountain. And he got that mountain later. Stand in the day. It says, in uh, the complete whole armor, no holds barred, belonging to God, in order that ye may be able to stand in the day, the evil, in the evil day. What is the evil day? The evil day in your lives. What is the evil day? That's the time of most temptation. That's the evil day. And all things, having worked down to the finish line, to stand. Do, do everything it takes to make it across the finish line. Because God is with you. Now verse number 14. Verse number 14. Stete un perizos samenoi, ten osin himan in Alethia and in Lisadimontion Thoraca teis dia ardic eosa unsum. And you stand, therefore. Here we here have the word perizo nuni. And that means uh, to wrap yourself up in. Now back in those days, over there in the Philippines, do they still have clothes that you just wrap yourself up in? Some of the women and everything, where they just wrap a, a serape type thing? Or just, you, yeah, you just wrap yourself up. That's what it talked about here. To wrap ourselves up in the loins of you in truth. In truth. Be able to be trusted for what you say. And having tied on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth and righteousness. No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God, the one being in the bosom of the Father, that one has led himself out. John 1.18, John 1.14. And the Word became flesh, or Jehovah became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we saw what? The glory of God. The glory of God is righteousness. Adam and Eve were clothed in righteousness. They were clothed in purity. They were clothed in the shining glory of God because they shared His glory and they shared His righteousness until what? And they took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil until they disobeyed. Now, we need to be able to move quickly when you're in battle. Now, Remember Elijah? What did Elijah do when he got ready to go run? 
and Elisha. What did they do? They girded up their loins, didn't they? What does that mean? They had dresses on, and they pulled the dresses on, and they pulled them up here above their waist, and they tied it with a belt so they could run. They wouldn't get tangled up in their clothes. I guarantee you one thing. You know what I was going to be when I was young, Brother Art? I was going to be a bullfighter. I was going to be a bullfighter. Because you asked me if I ever worked in the rodeos. Yeah. I've worked in the rodeos. I didn't do a... I roped. But I what I did in the rodeos was to put saddles on Bronx and to take the saddles off the Bronx. I put the bells and the, and the cinches on the bulls and the horses to make them buck. You go look in a movie, by the way. This will give you a little something. Almost every one of these movies, these old western movies, they see what they get on the horse, the guy's riding a horse. They got the cinch in the back and they got a they got it all tight and that makes a horse buck. And then all of a sudden they ride the horse and it's not bucking. They don't have the cinch on it. The cinch is gone. That's the bucking cinch that makes them buck. The clothing that you put on you need to take the rags of the dynamic nature and just get rid of it. Tie it up. <laughs> Lay it aside. Quickly without getting tangled in your own clothing. Those are clowns out there. Now I knew Joaquin Sanchez and I knew uh, Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens one one of the greatest horsemen I ever saw. Marilyn, you saw some of his early films where he rode and just absolutely was part of a horse. Yeah. And he had a he had an Appaloosa horse one time that he could cue that horse to buck. And he'd just buck up a storm, but it didn't it didn't throw Slim, Slim Pickens off. He was like he was glued, super glued to that horse. He could cue that horse to buck, and they tried to figure out after he's dead how to make that horse buck. How did he get him? Because he was a gentle horse, but he could make him buck just by cueing him. And then we one movie. Remember that movie we watched at Slim Pickens and the other day? He was riding that Appaloosa horse. And every now and then he'd have that horse bucking. That horse, yeah, they'd have that horse bucking. Well, I can guarantee you, in this life, we're like we're riding bucking horses and Brahma bulls every day. And we need to, those clowns out there, they wear clothes that can tear away. They're wearing shorts usually, and they got some other clothes on. And anything grabs a hold of them, or they get something that the pants come off, and they still got their shorts on. They need to be able to get loose. Get loose. One time up here in Fish Lake Valley, probably close to 70 years ago, I was out there leading the horse down a, a, a chute, a narrow chute. And she had one eye. Her name was Queenie. And she had one eye. And a bull hit the fence, fence over there, and she hit me. And I was... She came in there beside me, and there wasn't enough room for me and that horse and that chute. And I had my clothes, my shirt was caught on, it was a heavy shirt, it was caught on a nail. And I couldn't move. I had to rip my clothes off to get loose from that horse and get out. I was getting crushed in that chute. I mean, the horse jumped right there, and here I was, and it pushed me against the wall. And it was a big old nail probably a 20-penny nail or something out there, and part of it was sticking out and got a hold of my clothes. And I couldn't get out. I had to rip my clothes off to get where I could get away, get out of there. The only way we can stand against 
the wiles of Satan is just be dressed up in righteousness and not have the rags and the temptations of this world following us. Having tied on the breastplate of righteousness. In the analytical Greek lexicon, there's a word there, theros. It means a breastplate armor for the body, consisting of two parts, one covering the breast and the other covering the back. Revelation 9, 9 through 17, and Ephesians 6 and 14, and 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. That breastplate covered you from forehorn behind. Most of the time, when Satan attacks you, he's going to come from the rear. He's not going to come at you head on. He's going to come at you from the blind side. That's where the enemies are, isn't it? Audie Murphy one time was fighting a battle, and he had a little M1 carbine like I have in there hanging on the wall. That was his lucky carbine, he called it. And he was up there, and this German soldier, sniper, was sniping him. And Audie Murphy jumped, and his hat fell off with a soldier came around there. and He had shot Audie Murphy in the hip already. His hip was already shot. His right hip, by the way, if you look in the movies, he doesn't have a right hip. they got padding in there, and you'll see every now and then, you'll see it just when he's running or something, you'll see the right side, his right hip is just, all it is is just the material just goes in, nothing there. He'd already had that hip shot, and that sniper was up there. When, he's, when his hat fell off, the sniper came around there and aimed and shot the hat, and Audie Murphy shot him in the head and killed him. Then he had his men carry him up there and he arrested all of them and all their radio equipment and everything and they had, had he had them carry him down there. And he was out in the field so long that he got gangrene in that hip and they had to cut about, I think it was five pounds of flesh or something out of that hip. And he didn't have a hip left, no right hip. Sometimes we get wounded, don't we? In life. We get wounded. But as he went on in life, we can go on in life. The wounds may always, the scars may always be there, but we have the victory in Christ Jesus. Verse number 15. And having uh, bound and tied under the feet of us, the feet, you know, our... Our shoes now, they're hippodeals is what they're called. Hippodeals. A shoe of the hippodeals. A shoe is tied under your foot. You've got shoelaces. You've got some tennis shoes on, Brother Art. And you've got shoelaces tying them onto your foot. Otherwise, if you didn't have them on there, they'd fall off, wouldn't they? We need to be uh, having... Uh, bound tightly under the feet of us the readiness ito masin ito masia the uh, the good news of peace your feet have to be protected also as we walk I said today that I'm wearing my shoes in here because sometimes when I wear my moccasins, they don't have enough support in the arch, and I have a, 
a disease there of some sort called uh, fasciitis. And you can get inserts and shoes to help you do that. Is that like an arch support? Yeah, I have to have an arch support. Otherwise, it feels like I'm stepping on a nail in my heel. It hurts. We have to have our feet wherever we go. We have to be ready to preach the gospel and to remember what the Lord says in, in us. We don't... I never am aggressive about this, but if I have an opportunity to tell something about someone about the Lord, I do. Marilyn, I see you doing that all the time. You use every little opportunity you, you can think of to tell people about the Lord. Readiness of mind that comes from the gospel whose message is peace. The gospel and message is the peace between God and man. We will never have peace between Satan and us. Never. There will never be peace between Satan and us. There, God will have to take him out of the arena altogether. And that's when he throws him in the lake of fire after the great white throne judgment. But right now, we got to face him all the time. And as we get entangled in the world and that we live in, let us never forget what our job here is. God did not take us out and rapture us when we were saved. He left us here to do what? Go about his business. Do what? Go about his business. Go about his business. We go about his business. And this is just the instructions to how to go about his business. And we'll start the next message here in verse number 16. Our Father, we thank you for your word. Father, please forgive me where I failed you. Please, as this message goes out throughout the world, help it to nourish your people wherever they are, to feed them with strength and courage and your protection always. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.